wanted to talk about the Floyd Country Store and those nights with your grandpa and your grandparents and what those meant to you and what age you were when those were happening and how that kind of influenced you at that age. Yeah, so I was like at least four or five years old. I mean, it goes back, you know, pretty early um, that I can remember. Uh, It was just, it was like every Friday, I would go with them up there and we would um, go get something to eat. And then it was like, we would stay out. And, and I, you know, being younger too, it always felt so big right you know it's like I go back and I'm like man it is it's small in here you know (laughs) but it always felt so big as a kid but you know it was cool because the music would just like bluegrass players just all down the street right there too and they would just get together and play you know just random people would just like link up and so you know that that was honestly my only introduction to like live music or anything like that and uh I just fall asleep on his lap uh, out there listening to to bluegrass music and uh, eating all the candy and stuff they would let me get. But then, like, I do remember, like, my first, like, actual concert was actually a Dixie Chicks concert. Oh, yeah? So, yeah, I, I was – my parents were still together, so I had to be, like, five. But wow. I just remember it being I, – I still, like, remember that concert, and it was great. And what do you remember of the feelings of that concert and also those Friday nights? Like, was it the music or was it more the experience that you remember that kind of gave you a good feeling? I I just, you know, I, I remember the experience more so, you know, I just know that, you know, I was always drawn to the music uh, more so just, you know, infatuated with the fact that people could write stuff like that and that they could do that and get up there and perform. And so it was all just kind of taking all that, taking all of it in. But I mean, the Dixie Chicks were super awesome. So it was hard not to, I am like really proud that that was my first concert. Yeah. that I was going to say, that's a pretty good first concert. It was a great first concert. It really was. And your parents, like you say, they were still together then. They divorced when you were around five. So do you remember what music was for you then? Was that a support for you going through that time? Do you remember? I just always remember writing kind of my own stuff then, you know, start. And it started when I was about six or seven. Then I really like earliest memories of like writing uh, my own music and stuff like that. I just, uh, I, I always remember too, going up to my grandparents' house and like watching CMT and right. just always being really fixated on, uh, on that. <laughs> I remember my grandma being like, what are you watching? Cause it was like the goodbye Earl music video again, Dixie <laughs> chicks. Cause right. that was like, you know, the time I was a kid and, and there's the scene, you know, where she was all beat up or whatever. And they're like, what are you, you know, what are you watching? <laughs> but I just always like that was that was a big thing. It was something my dad and I talked about the other day is, is just like Saturday mornings getting up and watching CMT, like watching music videos and stuff like that. So I definitely, you know, grew up hearing all that. And, and that was early on. It's interesting. I, I don't just have really thought back much about that. You're, you're taking me on a little journey, too. <laughs> And the writing, you've always mentioned that you've been an old soul and your writing, even when you were six or seven, was really about relationships. So do you think that 
your parents' relationship and that breaking apart and spending time with your grandparents and with your mom and dad, do you think that helped you develop that sort of songwriting? Do you think if your parents hadn't have separated that you'd still have sort of that writing back then? Uh, no, I think it definitely, you know, made a, a big impact on how I write. You know, I experienced a lot, you know, very early on. Um, mm-hmm. Especially, you know, my, my dad got remarried pretty quickly and they ended up divorcing. It, it wasn't a good relationship at all. And I think that impact, that definitely impacted me um, a lot. And so I just really remember uh, definitely during that time, which I was older, I was, I was probably, you know, closer to like 11 or 12 years old. I remember writing more, you know, intense stuff. And I, and I, I do remember writing a song and it was, I think it was hard for me because I had written something and even my mom was like, you know, that was like the one little thing that I had kind of like showed like, Hey, I wrote this. And my mom was like, wow, that's, you know, that was really good. And uh, there was somebody that was interested in like helping me kind of figure out how to put that to music. Cause you know, I was just a oh, okay. kid. And, uh, but then they found out that I was like, 11 years old and they were no longer intrigued by that I remember that cut I remember that cut me deep I was like well what you know what does it matter it was a good it was a good song so anyways I look back and I I remember stuff like that it's funny though that that same guy who did that um messages me often about my career so (laughs) if he hears this I hope you know who you are because I remember you yeah and so I read that your grandma still finds your lyrics sometimes around the house and so what do you think when you look back on those now it's it's funny it's uh I was just so private about that stuff you know because I didn't have any confidence I didn't you know uh know that any of that was you know I didn't I had no idea I'd be here I knew I wanted to do that but I didn't know that I would be here so yeah it's funny when she's like telling me that she opened up a random like cookbook and found something like stuffed down in there that I guess I had hid as a child. Um, I, I, I would be surprised if she put it on eBay one day. No, no but you know. <laughs> and do you ever look back at them and get inspiration for your current stuff or even use like a line or two from what you wrote back then? No, no, no. I, I sometimes like stuff from, you know, a few years ago, maybe but I I didn't really write stuff down I did as a kid but then as I got older I just like even now I don't really write lyrics down right um if it's something I'm going to use I just memorize it yeah I was going to ask you about that how do you do that because I can't even remember like if I see a sentence or something I want to remember I'll like say oh yeah I'll remember that and I say a couple of times and then like five minutes later I forget what I even read and so how do you do that do you have a method to doing that no I have no idea that is the only thing I can do with the songs anything else yeah that's not happening um but I can remember songs like and that's how I know if it's gonna work I can remember it um going into the studio it was like the day like that we first went in they're like uh yeah you you need to like write these down for us because everybody else like needs the lyrics and I was like right. yeah I hadn't written any of them down you know I was like that's just not something that I do so um yeah so it 
I don't really there every now and again I'll find something that I've like scribbled down and I'll be like sometimes I'm like wow okay yeah but then other times I'm like mm, 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 you shouldn't have <laughs> written that down you just need to get rid of that so. right and so you started writing around six or seven when did you start picking up the guitar for the first time I, I was about 12 I think it was about 12 right and I, I took lessons for like a year or something like that and then uh that was about it. I just wanted to know enough to, to be able to write songs and then, you know, figure the rest out on my own. And, and that's what that's what I did. I, I've never been one to really I, I I started out actually in like classical violin. Oh, OK. I hated <laughs> Not it. for you. I hated it. No, gosh, I look back on that. And I'm like, well, that was because my grandfather, he uh, loved the fiddle, you know, going oh, to yeah. hear bluegrass music. And yep. he bought me a fiddle and so they thought they signed me up for like fiddle lessons but no one taught fiddle they it was literally classical violin and i it just wasn't my thing at all and um i took that for like two years oh wow i took it for like two years and i remember all i wanted to do was play the guitar i walk <laughs> in there and she had the guitar in there and i remember she told my mom she's like well if she doesn't do anything with the violin she's never gonna do anything with the guitar don't you let that girl play the guitar and, oh really yeah it's just been like a a system of like being doubted for so yeah. long. So I kind of like look back on that and I'm like, man, no wonder I had like zero confidence. Everybody was like, yeah, you're not gonna, you're not gonna do that. So that's, that's why I'm a big on like, don't listen to other people, just do whatever you want because, you know, kind of screw everybody else in their opinions a little bit. Um, or yeah. I'll, yeah. Do you ever think about what would have happened if you would have been encouraged all the way through? Like, do you know where you would have ended up if that would have happened? Yeah, you know, I've, I've questioned that, but I've also questioned, I'm like, I think it was good for me to like have to rely on myself a lot of times. Uh, and, and just like, I've said that before, you know, I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to be able to do this for other people, but I can do it for me. And right. I think that that's been like the best gift because I, you know, I wasn't doing it for anybody else. And so even if my career just ended tomorrow, you know, I would still write and do that stuff for me. So I think that that's like the best thing. That's something no one else can take that away from me. You know, I can always write my, my stuff for me. So I think that that, you know, that's how I, that's how I look at it anyway. And so the singing was another area where you were doubted, but it was 19 when you decided to take a stand with that and create a band around a song that you had wrote, written for a boyfriend to try to either get over him and get him back. So just talk about that experience and mentally where you were at and taking that leap and saying okay I want to try and do this and actually sing yeah I, I, I literally I'm not entirely sure what like just made me be like okay I'm gonna get on Craigslist and find a band because I'm like <laughs> who does that and it, it was like I was listening to the CBS uh taping the other day and you know it's it back and my boyfriend was like if someone just heard that first part of it, they would think that this was about to be like some kind of like murder story because it was <laughs> right. like see the singer songwriter Morgan Wade formed a band off of an ad on Craigslist. And then it's just like, you're waiting for it to be like, Oh, 
you know, poor thing, rest her soul. But it's like, no, <laughs> right. no, no, we're, we're, I'm still here. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what made me do that, but I, I just, I got online and I, I got on Craigslist and I, you know, found people looking for someone to sing. And it was like, I just remember getting two of my friends that I was in college with who were both like my age and, you know, the same height as me. And we just, three females just rolls up into you know southeast roanoke into this house that you know there's just some guy smoking a cigarette on the front porch and we like just walked on in he was like yeah just go down to the basement and we did we just walked in down to the basement thank god you know it was you know just a bunch of you know like men uh men that had gotten off work and that were like good people but i'm like right i would not recommend that um at all and I but I just remember I was like okay and um started singing with them and then it was like it became a thing every week to go practice and then uh yeah I just I started it it was literally so it was literally all of a sudden it was just like something clicked for me and I was like okay well you do it you know but I I, I still at that point wasn't like okay this is gonna be this huge thing you know or any of that it was never oh my gosh I want to be on the radio or or do any of that it, it was more so just all right I'm having fun I'm enjoying this and it's working right now and you know get some shows and make a hundred dollars and some free beer and you know you <laughs> think you're winning and and so it, it was yeah it was like no real pivotal moment for me it just kind of all kind of like fell into place and I feel like I started a little by little get a little bit of confidence and just be like, all right, screw it. You're going to do what you want to do. And now here we are. And do you remember the first like one or two shows on stage and what it was like and how you were feeling? Yeah. I remember uh, the, the first little show that I did. And I just remember, you know, it was like a little opening slot and I just remember not wanting to be done. I just wanted to keep playing. It was such a good feeling. And, uh, I don't, I don't remember. It's so weird, but I guess it was because I was drinking then. You know, I don't drink now. So right. I did, I wasn't nervous, which is like really bizarre to me, but it just always felt really natural. Um, but that's what liquid courage will do to you. So sometimes yeah, that's good, sure. I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> And before we talk about that, um, I wanted to talk about in, it was July of 2018, I believe, that you decided to quit your job. And so at that point you had gotten to a place where it was like, this is what I want to do as a career. This is my thing. I'm going full bore with this. Yeah. And what was that feeling like? It it basically, you know, I had kind of gotten to the point where it was like, all right, either you can't be booking all these shows. You can't be going and doing all of this. Or, you know, you can, but you have to quit your job because it was just like, you're not your heads, you know, in two different places. And I was like, you hate your job. You don't want to do this. Like, why are you doing it? And then Sadler was basically like, hey, I want to tell you what to do, but, you know, you should probably go all in and just do it. And, um, you know, I kind of needed that encouragement. And then, uh, yeah, I, I remember I was leaving a show. And I called my boss and was like, hey, yeah, I'm going to work the next 
two weeks or whatever it was and then I'll see you man so that was you know that it, it it was scary at first but now I look back and I'm like oh I can't imagine working for anybody else because I'm just like I'm so like hard-headed and like want to do my own thing so I can't imagine doing anything else um so it was the best thing I ever did right and one of the other best things you ever did was getting sober you're coming coming up on four years talk about kind of the breaking point of that and I believe it was a show in New York City where you finally realized that enough was enough and to move forward you had to do something about it yeah I um first time being in New York as soon as we got out of the car up there I, I just started drinking like as soon as we got there and uh I drank you know until two in the morning whatever it was and I, I just remember waking up the next morning and just being like the craziest hangover I've ever had it was like yeah I didn't feel good but it was more of a fog than it was anything else I never really felt like that and it was just it, it was something I couldn't shake and I just remember all day just being kind of like all right you know maybe we need to take a little break from the alcohol and uh so I did you know I, I didn't drink anything else while we were there and then it was just like for weeks after that I just could not like get rid of that feeling it, it was it was extremely bizarre and I was just like all right you know I'm not drinking anymore and I think all my friends probably said all right yeah you're not gonna drink for like a month and then you know you'll be back but I have not right. touched it since it was just such this this heavy feeling and and kind of just realizing like if you want to do anything with your life you have got to stop and um yeah coming up on four years of that and it's I think you know it's a little harder now because it's been so long since I've drank so sometimes you kind of have to remind yourself why you don't drink anymore like no yeah. you, you know you haven't changed like it's a disease you're you're not um gonna be able to just handle one or two drinks like don't don't even so I stick with the sparkling water and coffee and we're good and it's always the next morning right when you wake up that you kind of have that realization that yeah that's why I don't drink Mm -hmm. yeah and I, I get some of those like hungover feelings when I'm like sleep deprived right yeah you know so if, if I've been at a show or, or you know whatever and I'm just super tired the next day it, it brings me back and I'm like yeah I hate this <laughs> I hate this I'm like you, you can't so I'm like imagine I, I can't even imagine touring and doing all this stuff now being hungover trying to do it too I'm just like very thankful in June of 2018, you did an interview on a podcast and you were still in your band. And at that point, you were talking about Jason Isabel as one of your influences and wanting to hook up with him. And you were going to be playing Floyd Fest a few weeks after that. And you were hoping to kind of maybe cross paths with him. Now, at that point, had you met Sadler yet? Or was that no. just a coincidence that you mentioned no. him on that podcast? Yeah, that, that's completely a coincidence because I don't even remember. I don't remember that. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, I, I hadn't met. I had no contact with, you know, any of them. Wow. Uh, yeah, which is really, wow, that is very bizarre to look <laughs> back and, and see how that panned out. That is yeah. crazy. No, I, I had not met. I, I met Sadler um, 
I didn't even actually meet Sadler at uh, Floyd Fest. Um, their their sound guy, uh, Kane, caught my set and was like, hey, I think they would really like to hear it. And I was like, okay. You know, I didn't expect to hear anything. Um, and then like three days later, Sadler like sent me an email and then we jumped on a FaceTime call and uh, played some songs back and forth. And then we like clicked really well. So I went out to Nashville and we started writing and um, I was like, yeah, you know, I definitely knew we worked well together and, and we, we started, uh, started working on those songs and then now you have reckless. So yeah, exactly. And very organic. Did you take a step away from the band to do this solo project? Or a lot of the times I know if someone's in a band and they go solo, they'll still have their band that they're playing with before, but they, they just won't be mentioned in the name. So how did that work? No, I, you know, the guys that I played with, um, we're we're great guys, but, but you know they all had careers and, and families and stuff, and they oh, all okay. knew. You know, my bass player Ed was he had been with me the longest, and uh, you know they 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 lived back in Roanoke and and stuff like that, and so this was something that I knew. All right, it, it wasn't a secret that you know, hey, when I if I get an opportunity to go do something, I'm gone. You know, I'm gonna oh, go okay. do it, and. Um, so no, I, I right now I'm, I'm piecing together a band out in Nashville and, and working on that. But uh, you know the the record just came out, so yeah, we've had COVID and everything. So no, exactly. Um, I've, I've got I've got a band that that I'm working with and working on, but um, it's it's all all guys out of Nashville, which and they're so freaking talented, it's insane. <laughs> and now I saw. I think it was an interview in late 2019. You were talking about working on a single with Sadler that you were going to be releasing. And then the album. And I, I think you said you weren't sure who you were going to be working on the album with at that point. So did you know all the way along it was going to be Sadler or were you working with him on just a single here and there? And then it turned into a full album as you guys were going along. Uh, no, we, we, I knew all along, you know, it would be Sadler. Um, I think I we more so didn't know if we would be putting it out with a label, if we would put it out just us. You know, at that time, we were like, all right, we're just going to work on this and we'll put out an EP. And then I started getting label offers and started meeting with labels. And, you know, then we were like, okay, well, we're going to put out a full record. You know, we've got all these songs like let's put out a full record and then you know i went with 30 tigers and and so yeah. um but i've known all along you know it, it would be him i just i kind of kept things very quiet and didn't give out any any details it was like you know not counting my chickens before they hatch right uh, kind of thing but yeah and now i wanted to talk about the the music but more in a way of throughout this process and all the interviews that you're doing and everyone trying to force you into a box or force you here, or compare you to this or compare you to that as positive as this release has been and as well as the traction that it's getting, how frustrating is it in that regard in within the industry, not being able to just say, I am who I am and this is my music. 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to, I think it's going to take me a minute to, you know, adjust to the fact that I have a bigger audience and it's like continuing to grow. I mean, like, especially after Saturday, you know, with the CBS airing and everything, like, you know, things are coming in and I've got a lot more people that I'm in front of now. And I, and I think that people, you know, are used to hearing me with an acoustic guitar stuff that they've heard before that you know wasn't a record you know this is like my debut record like this is an official album and so I think it's a little different for some people um which is okay you know everybody has their own opinions and and that's that's fine but it's uh the arguing over what I am and trying to classify me I'm like man just just let me just let me make my music like let me do whatever I want to do if I decide to put out a rock opera record next month just let me do it you know like if you don't like it throw it in the trash you know that that kind of thing is like where i'm at with that because i'm like you know uh i think especially to creative people and artists like we continually change yeah and, exactly um, you know and i and i wanted to put out a record too that allows me to have that next record we you know be what is it going to be because what can you really classify this record as you know it really opens the door for record number two to kind of go a bunch of different directions and and that's really important to me to you know if you just full pop record that first record and then the second one you want it to be country i mean it you know how's that gonna you know some people aren't gonna adjust well with that versus putting out something that's so crosses over a bunch of genres and I, i think we did a really good job with that And does it feel almost a lot of times it's a double-edged sword because people want you to fit in a box, but the minute you fit in a box, they say, well, why do you play the same stuff? Why do you have this certain sound that you have? Yeah, people can't. I mean, you know, I think that's just, that's in general. I guess we all do that. You know, we, you know, I I do it with the, the, the seasons, you know, it's like, oh, I want summertime and it's summer and you're ready for fall, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, you know, and I think too, also being able, you know, people hiding behind social media, being able to say whatever they want to, they wouldn't say it to your face. If they came up to you, they would definitely not say it to your face, but they'll say stuff, you know, on the internet because they can hide. But yeah, it's, it is, it is interesting, you know, it's, they want you to 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 be this but don't be this at the same time and everybody yeah. has their own different opinions on how that they think that um everything should be done and so it's just best to just like not not read the stuff i'm learning that you know for <laughs> the most and that's like a very small amount because like for the most part everyone's been super supportive and things have gone over really great and i've been kind of saying for the last year like hey this new stuff is different from like just me with a guitar because I have a band you know and so I did the hour vinyl stuff which I I loved and I still enjoy that you know I I just I want to be able to do both you know do just the girl with the guitar but also go do pop music if I want to and the word pop freaks a lot of people out that Mm -hmm. hate pop music you know (laughs) so I'm like it's it's just a it's a process you know but it i'm just really fortunate for everybody that's you know been super supportive and allowing me to do this 
yeah, and it, there has been a good response. And how does it feel basically over the last two years? Like I was looking on social media when you had the album releasing. It's like, I want to thank my manager, my agents, my publicist, my tour manager, my label. Like all of a sudden you have this team behind you within the last two years and you have this record out and you're getting positive response. Like what has that been like? It's, it's funny because it's like, you know, I, I played a couple of shows this past weekend and it's, it's interesting to um, be allowed to just be the artist and just show up and perform and not, you know, be the merch girl and, you know, load everything in and, and take care of everything and get the check and do absolutely everything myself. Right. Um, it's allowing me to, to be in a much better mood and feel a little more rested because it's like, I, you know, I was doing all that which I think is good. And there's so many people out there that, that do all that. You know, there's so much more that goes into putting on these shows and, you know, putting out a record. I, I had no idea how much goes into putting out a record. I mean, it, it's, you know, I've got such a great team of people, but yeah, it, it's a little crazy, you know, to think the last time I toured, I didn't have any of this. And then now I've got, you know, a team, an actual team of people. And that team isn't, you know, a fake booking agent that's, that's actually me, you know, I did that for a long time, you know, right. So, um, it, 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 yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. I'm, I'm super blessed. And another big thing I saw you post about your new car, the first car that has air conditioning <laughs> and it's a, it's a Benz. And so being to this point where yeah. you have the ability to support yourself, like that's got to right. feel pretty damn good. It does feel really good. You know, I, I'm like, it's um yeah and I, I'm like super super uh I'm pretty frugal and so for me to like finally go get that my mom was like you have got to get a car like what, what are you doing <laughs> I had um the last car that I had my parents were getting rid of it oh, it was okay. a mini it was a minivan and they were like getting rid of it and I was like yeah I'll take that I'll, I'll buy that Fifteen hundred bucks off of them, and as soon as I got it, the AC went out. Oh, this was gonna be like the first. That was gonna be the first car with AC for me. Oh, okay. And it went out as soon as I got it, and so for literally like two years, I just drove a minivan, and all my friends gave me grief, and I'm like, guys, the lumbar support is amazing. (laughs) Um, and so finally it was time, but I was like, it for me, it was like kind of you know it was it was emotional because I was like, man, I did this myself. You know, I worked really hard and was able to to go get a nice car and to like, you know, not in a show off way, but like, no, I really worked really hard doing that. You know, something that I always felt I wasn't good at, you know, and I could never do is now what's helping me pay my bills. So right. it's, it is, it is, um, you know, it, yeah, it, it, it's crazy in a good way. And before we run out of time, I wanted to talk to you about the health and fitness side of things and how that, has helped and influenced you over the past little while with getting into the ultra marathons and just be becoming super healthy. Yeah, I it's especially like with quarantine when that started. Um, I was fortunate enough to live on a trail so I could get outside. And so running was like a big thing. There was a lot of virtual races that that were going on that you could sign up for. I, I I think the first one I did was like you run 
uh, five miles every four hours for 24 hours. So you're like running through wow. the night. Yeah. And it's, it was like all these things and it was so good because, you know, I was stuck at home. I, I couldn't, we were all stuck at home, but it was like, all right, this gave me something to like really push myself. I mean, it's crazy. And thinking about it right now, you know, it sounds crazy. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it has helped me so much too, especially to keep, it gives you a rush. And I think that's something that, you know, I was really missing from not getting to perform and, and be out. And um, especially to being sober, it's this, this, you know, encourages me to try to get the sleep that I need when I'm on the road and get up the next morning and go to the gym before I get on the road again. That's, you know, really important to me. And I mean, you right. got to take care of yourself. If you're not healthy, I mean, it's touring and, and, trying to sing and all that stuff. I'm a firm believer cardio is good. I mean, well, it is good for the lungs and keeping healthy lungs is good for me to sing. I kind of, I kind of need my lungs. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you talk about touring, things are starting to open up. So how torn are you between being able to tour this first album and getting back to work and working on the second album? Yeah, I, I've been like thinking about record number two before this record got, you know, has been, uh, before we put reckless out and my team's right. been like, maybe we, we got to wait a little bit. We got to <laughs> tour this reckless. I'm excited to get out and play shows. I know that like around the winter months, you know, when things are kind of slow with, with weather and stuff like that um, is a good time to try to get back into the studio. And um, I don't know how long I'll have to wait to put out record number two. So don't, <laughs> so don't ask me because I'm, I'm just sitting here. I would, I would tell you all the details if I had any, which yeah. I probably am not allowed to do anyways. Um, <laughs> no one tells me anything because I'll leak it. I'll be, I would be the person that would leak the information. So right. it's best that, that I, I don't have anything. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm excited to tour because it's been so long. And then I think touring will help me to, to be out on the road to write, you know, to have some experiences and, and um, be around other people and, and feed off yeah. that. So have some interesting stuff to, to write about. And throughout the last, say, you know, five-ish years since this has sort of been your goal of being a musician, since it's kind of clicked in with you, how good are you feeling at this point as compared to the rest of the journey? Um, you know, I'm definitely, I'm starting to feel like my hard work paying off. You know, I think that you go through... I was going through these moments of being like, man, is, is this, is this what I'm supposed to do? Am I kind of wasting my time or, or things, are things growing or thing, am I, am I really doing anything or am I just going to feel like I'm kind of stuck and struggling for a long time? Right. And I'm finally at that point where I'm like, no, it's, it's working. It's, it's catching on. Like I'm happy. Um, I'm proud of what I put out and uh, it, it it's just like, all right, now I look back and I'm like, all right, it wasn't, it, you haven't been doing all this for nothing. Like you, you're really actually doing something now. So I, I feel like I'm in the best spot that I have been in for sure. That's awesome. And really quick, uh, Zoom's going to kick us off in two minutes, but I quickly wanted to ask about uh, your tattoos because I read that basically before the age of 19, you were anti-tattoo, 19 kicked in, you got a tattoo and it's gone from there. And I just wanted to ask you about the molten salt girl. And just get yeah. to quickly tell the story behind that one. Cause I know it's one of the more special ones. Yeah. Um, I just always had this memory of my grandma sitting the, the salt 
on the table at night when we sit down and eat dinner. And I just always remember sitting there eating my food, just staring at the Morton Salt Girl. And it's just something that I could still see. Like I can still, you know, go back there in my mind. And so it's something that I can look at that's right there on my arm. And, you know, it's a good memory. And, and so not all of these have memories, but but that one's definitely one that does. Do you still stand behind the toilet paper roll with 2020? I still stand behind that one. I do not regret it. Like my mom was like, what did you do? You know, but nothing really surprises her anymore. But I'm like, nope, I will always remember how these people fought over toilet paper. And we had no toilet paper for, you know, months. So, yeah.